right off the bat, the angel Gabriel, when he comes to visit Mary to tell her what is about to transpire, calls her favored one. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. The scripture text goes on to say that she was, quote, much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The word pondered, as it shows up in that sentence, means to reckon thoroughly, to reason out. That is, she tries to figure it out, to work it out. Favored one, what is he saying? What does that mean? This is different than what is told to us at the end of the birth narrative in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, where it says that Mary, quote, treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. At that point in the story, it's the same word in English, pondered, but a different word in the Greek. At that point in the story, after everything else that has happened, pregnancy, travel, birth, angels in the sky, shepherds in the stable, pondering is something more like Mary collecting, gathering, holding all the things that she has heard, all the things that she's been told, holding all of that close. It's that kind of pondering. But here at the beginning, when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary and calls her favored one, she is pondering what sort of greeting this might be in the sense that she's trying to work it out in her own mind, to make sense of it. And you know what? She's got quite a task because what the angel is saying to her, what he's calling her favored one, doesn't make sense. At least not in the way we usually measure favor. Isn't favor some kind of advantage or preference that is bestowed on someone who has earned a high level of trust or admiration? Isn't favor what you give to the person who you know based on your past experience with them, based on their reputation, who you know will live up to your expectations? Isn't favor what is given to those who deserve it? the well-chosen, the proven ones. I know that I have often thought of favor as something that is connected to deservedness. Why does the coach favor a certain player? If it's because the player is really good, more skilled or talented than the other players, consistently making a positive impact on the game, or works harder than anyone else in practice, then favor seems right. That kind of favor is earned. It's deserved, right? But what about the player who is favored by the coach, favored with playing time, with extra encouragement, with praise and trust, favored despite being weak or slow or less talented than the person sitting at the end of the bench waiting for the opportunity they will never get despite how hard they work, how talented they might be? What about favor that is not earned but is bestowed because of connections or politics or behind-the-scenes manipulation. I have no patience for that. In that situation, favor that is not earned bothers me. But what about Mary as the favored one? In that moment when the angel says, greetings, favored one, exactly what does Mary have to offer? What has she done to earn her place? 
Not much of anything, right? Why is she favored of all people, of all possibilities? What makes her special enough to receive God's favor? What makes her the right one? Now, I can imagine that when you hear me ask that question, you may think to yourself, how dare you question God's choice? Of course Mary is the right one. Of course she is, and she should be the favored one. Doesn't she prove her worthiness by how she receives the news and then by how she deals with everything that comes afterwards? Of course she is deserving. She is worthy of favor. But hold on a moment. If you think that way, you are starting with the end point of the story and thinking your way back to this very first moment. Starting from what you find out in the later chapters, starting with the outcomes, the results, and working your way back to the beginning. But look here, in the beginning, Mary hasn't done a thing. She hasn't proven a thing. In the beginning, when the angel shows up and calls her favored one, she hasn't sung or spoken a thing. And even when the angel lays out for her the next steps, the plan, her first words are, how can this be since I am a virgin? At that moment anyway, even she can't see any reason or even any path toward favored status. The angel persists then, telling her the Holy Spirit will come upon her, the power of the Most High will overshadow her, essentially telling her that there is nothing she can do to make it happen and nothing she can do to stop it from happening. She's not favored because of anything she's done or proved or accomplished or shown. She's favored in the sense that God has chosen her anyway. God has chosen her anyway. Even though she's a teenage girl, unmarried, uneducated, unknown, God has chosen her anyway. Even though this will complicate her life, threaten her status, take her places she did not expect to go, did not choose for herself, God has chosen her anyway. She's not favored because she's earned it. Not favored because someone else behind the scenes has pulled the strings for her. Not favored because she's the cream of the crop. She's favored because God has decided. God has done this. In God's mysterious ways, in God's unknowable wisdom, in God's yet-to-be-revealed plan, in God's deep love, love that is deeper than anything we can do to earn it, much less influence it, God has chosen her. The favoring, the choosing, the reaching out to her, The bringing her into the holy narrative isn't about her being qualified or prepared or practiced. It's about God choosing her anyway, reaching out to her and naming her favored one. Now, what's her part? First off, it's just saying yes Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. God chooses her 
And she says, yes. Not, I deserve this or I don't deserve this. Not, I need the rest of the plan laid out for me. I need to know all the steps and I need to know them now. Not, I can't trust what I can't see, what I haven't experienced before. But here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. She says, yes. In the present moment, without a clear sense of where this is going and what it will mean, she says yes. Richard Rohr, in one of his meditations from this past week, says something that I think sheds some light on just what makes it possible for Mary to be the favored one, why she is the right one. He writes, the great task of religion is to keep us fully awake, alert, and conscious. Staying awake comes not from willpower, but from a wholehearted surrender to the moment as it is. Listen to that again. A wholehearted surrender to the moment as it is. He continues, if we can truly be present, we will experience what most of us mean by God. It's largely a matter of letting go of resistance to what the moment offers or of clinging to the past moment. It is an acceptance of the full reality of what is right here and now. Mary, it would appear, is truly in the moment. She asks a question, yes, but she is able to immediately let go of any resistance she might feel welling up. She ponders and then she is willing to accept the full reality of what is right here and now. Does God know that she will respond that way? Is that why God chooses her? Is it that openness? That wholehearted surrender to the present moment, her acceptance of the reality of what is right here and now, is it that that garners God's favor? I don't think we can answer that. The reason that God chooses Mary in particular is part of the mystery too, I think. But... Maybe there is something about Mary's lack of power, of experience, of control, of status that makes her more open. Maybe the more we think we should be favored, the less open we are to God's favor. Maybe the more we live in the expectation of control, of deservedness, the less ready we are to go along to live in this moment of God's grace, of God's embrace. Rohr continues with his thoughts about what he calls the wholehearted surrender to the moment and what it means. To be truly conscious, he writes, we must step back from our compulsive identification with our isolated selves. This may be the most difficult letting go of all. For the idea of our individual selves is the primary illusion of our lives. But pure consciousness is never just me trapped inside myself. Rather, it is an observing of me from a distance, from the viewing platform kindly offered by God 
which we call the indwelling spirit. Then we will see with eyes much larger and other than our own. He concludes, most of us do not understand this awareness because we are totally identified with our own passing thoughts, feelings, and compulsive patterns of perception. We have no proper distance from ourselves, a distance which, ironically, would allow us to see our radical connectedness with everything else. Such radical connectedness is holiness itself. That phrase, our radical connectedness with everything else, is holiness itself. Echoes something of Mary too, doesn't it? Her wholehearted surrender to the moment means that she will not only participate in God's plans for her, but she will see it as participating in God's plans for the world. Because she will see something she hadn't seen before, something many of us fail to see ever. She sees and then sings her radical connectedness with everything else and the holiness of that. Her radical connectedness with generations before her and generations after, her radical connectedness to the cause of justice, the strength of God, the lowly lifted up, the promises of the ancestors. That's what Mary's song of praise, the Magnificat, is. It's a song, a testimony about Mary's radical connectedness to everything that God has created and everything that God has promised and the holiness that is evident in that connectedness. Favored? Mary's not favored because at the very beginning of it all, she knows so so much more than any other candidate for Christ-carrying. She's not favored because she is better or smarter or more accomplished. She is favored because God chooses her in her weakness, in her inexperience, in her aloneness. And when God chooses her, she releases herself to it. And when she releases herself to it, she is released into the moment that is. And when she does that, when she trusts that, what grows in her is not only the child in her womb, but her awareness of the holiness of her connectedness to everything her awareness of the holiness of her connectedness to everything. And you, you too are favored by God. Not because you work the hardest or you're better than everyone else or you have advantages, you have patrons who look out for you. You are favored by God, not because you are smarter or stronger or more deserving. You are favored by God because you, too, are radically connected to everything. And so you, too, are part of the holy narrative. You are favored by God because God chooses you, offering you the opportunity to participate by being present In this moment. Does God know what that will lead to? 
We can debate that if you want to, whether God's plan is unfolding in real time or already predetermined. But what I am certain of is this. If you are fully present to this God-given moment and willing to wholeheartedly surrender to this moment, letting go of what you thought or expected or whatever you were certain your self-appointed future would look like, then God can not only choose you, but God can use you. You can become part of the holy story of God coming close, of God moving in and through humankind. Greetings, favored one. Who? Me? Yes, you. You in this moment. You without qualification or experience or certainty of outcome. You clothed, wrapped, swaddled, not in garments of control, but in trust. Greetings, favored one. Why me? Why not you? All I need is for you to be open, to be a little less caught up in yourself and a little more willing to surrender. All I need is for you to trust what you do not yet see. All I need is for you to let something new be born in you, from you, something to grow in you, something more than you, something holy, connected to all creation, something that embraces the world, that holds the world, that heals the world. All I need is for you to be open to that seed, that possibility, that shoot springing forth. Okay, but what do I need to do? Oh, it's not what you need to do. It's what you need to be. Open, ready, waiting, trusting, patient. The pregnancy comes first, then the birth, then the life lived, moment by moment, day by day, growth by growth. But I'm no Mary, favored one, me? Yes, you, you, ready, you, radically connected, to everything. Listen to the angel's voice. Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. Greetings, favored one. Amen. Please join me in some moments of silent reflection and prayer.